listening to I'm Telling You. You're listening to You're listening to I'm Telling You. Hey fam, welcome back to another episode of I'm Telling You. I'm telling you. <laughs> Focus. Focus. Oh, yes. As always, the antics ensued instantaneously. This is uh, your host, uh, Philly D. Mr. Gemini. And clickety clack of fact checker. Miss Davey. Yeah, the extraordinaire. She creates a ruckus. That's right. And she brings it with the facts, too. And she looks like she's going to land a plane. She brings the mother ruckus you know what i'm saying well you know it's because miss jd is forever that's right <laughs> but yeah this is uh if you would like uh please reach out to us uh ity at directions music.org that'll get all of us yeah all three at the same time or individually at gemini g-e-m-i-n-i at directions music.org yeah your robot keeps getting better bro <laughs> Yeah, uh, Philly D, uh, P-H-I-L-L-Y-D, at directionsandmusic.org. Yeah, for, for uh, first-time listeners, this is a 30-plus uh, year friendship of you and I talking about anything and everything. You and I. Yeah, so much so that we literally have no idea what we're going to talk about until it comes out of our mouths. That's, that's, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, this is uh, this is raw, organic, uncut. I mean, this is as live as you're gonna get. Let you know it what flow. Mean? Let, let yourself, yourself go. go slow and low. That is the tempo. Yeah, we also do uh, music quotes, uh, movie quotes, dad jokes, dad quotes, dad quotes, movie jokes. Movie jokes. <laughs> yeah, we do those too. Uh, yeah, no, this is uh, this is an hour of us just being, you know, focus. Trying to <laughs> somehow or another, we always get button hooked, whether it's intentional or it just happens. You it's just, all part of the show. It really is. Yeah, I mean, it can't a, be any other way because that is. I mean, you just, can't write this shit, bro. Just hit record. That's what we do. We just talks and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. No, we um, we turn on the mics and we let it go. That's what we do. And That's then sometimes, do. sometimes, chin chin. Sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes we drink beers. Sometimes we drink beers and stuff. This time we're actually drinking your beer. So my man was out of beers. Yeah, you uh, you came with a a cache of of alcoholic beverages which, that you which brewed personally. Almost didn't make it. Which, yeah, we are, <laughs> we're already aware you vented once. We don't need again. No, we don't need to go over that again. That was, there's, there's. I mean, I mean, unless you really do. I mean, if you require that. This is a safe space, which is, you know, another beautiful thing that we no, do I here. Mean, unless you guys want to reference it, I'm, I'm pretty good with that. I mean, good, because I'm tired of you bringing up old shit. So we can just go ahead and move on to the beer. Well, then. So yeah, what, so what do we drink? Because you're pouring them. So, I mean, let's just get right into it. What, do you, what are we drinking tonight, my friend? Yeah, so this would be a Smash English Pale Ale. And what does that mean? So Smash, just single malt, single hop. Oh, Little extra floaties. That's all right. You're good. Yeah, no, dude. I need, I, I need more dietary fiber. We're cool. So that is a type of barley in the English style of pale called Maris Otter, and it's paired with Fuggles. <laughs> fuggles, which, Fuggles, which always gets a laugh. But um, down at Fuggle Rock, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's Uncle well, Traveling Matt? When and you I told him? you the one I'm waiting for is. 
it's going to be a week from Friday. Oh yeah, the Johnson's underwear. <laughs> Johnson's underwear. I'm lovingly calling it that. I'm not sure if it's really going to fit the name. Bro, I'm telling you, just as far as names go, because it's like, hey, here, smell this. What is it? It's Johnson's, Johnson's underwear. underwear. <laughs> yeah, would you like I'm to still, smell Johnson's underwear? I, I mean, still want to call it Johnson's underpants, but that's not an actual quote. Well, but see, this would be the approximate 73%, which would make it correct for you. <laughs> so there, there is that. Uh, you see. You I mean, see, there, it's the again. But it's, it's the continuous, really. <laughs> it's not... It's not, an, it's not so, so much an if as it is a when. So I've poured yours rather neatly. Um, yeah, what's the, what's the ABV on this Brosive? So this we, is like a... Is this a Saturday beer? It's a low four. It's like a... Oh, this is an all-day crusher. Notes, but it was, it was slightly above four. It was a four one, four type. It was a mm. But it's a four, basically. 220, 221, whatever it yeah, takes. Yeah, whatever it takes. That's but, really only four percent, bro. I mean, I think it's 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 a pretty easy drinking beer with a lot of character. That's what I'm saying. Something like, that's really, really there's not much to it. It's, it's really only four percent, bro. Four, give or take. It's well, well yeah, not but, take. It's actually it's it's more than four, but I can't remember exactly without looking at my notes. It's but it's definitely under a five. Less, less than four and a half. So like way less than maybe, five. Maybe a four four max. I can't remember. I have to look at my notes, but. That's what I'm saying, dude. This is, but dude, that is dope for a four four-ish percenter. I would I would drink that on the regular. Like that's a that's a solid all day crusher got, right there. It's got too much flavor, I think, for a lawnmower beer. But I don't think so. No. I'll be honest with you. I mean, that's it's it's interesting how I mean the 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 whole point of doing a smash beer is to kind of get to know your ingredients without complicating it with all kinds of other things. You know, I'm not putting any crystal malt in there. I'm not putting any um, dark or roasted malt. It's it's one malt. You get the character and the flavor of the malt, which I pretty much munch on on a regular when I'm measuring it out for people. Mm. So it's a, it's a very interesting flavor. It's got an interesting... I mean, um, bro, I would, I, would, I would like tag this as a, a session. This is sessionable. I wouldn't call... I wouldn't put it in the IPA category. It has to be much more... Dry hopped or much more bitter, I think. No, you don't think so, dude. The way I look at it is, anytime you start adding hops into the mix as like a thing, as opposed to just like for a little bit of flavor or bite or something like that, dude, that's an IPA. I mean, it's just to me, IPA says we're I would just going call it a, to a pale. I mean, because you need you need hops to make a beer. Honestly, otherwise, it's not a beer. It's if you use, they, I want to say. Well, I'm thinking in in um, in Europe, the uh, something about ale and like a beer, ale. I forget what it was. There was there was different terminology based on. I think the old um, the older ales commonly didn't have hops. They had other bittering techniques that they'd use. So, I mean, different herbs and stuff they would actually put into the um, whether it was the mash or the boil that would add the bitter. Well, I guess the boil to add the bittering to it. I'm trying to think of, there's a whole list of them. I'm, I can't, for whatever reason, think of a single <laughs> green <one>, room. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, cause we had a couple of eight percenters in the green room, bro. Let's yeah, be that honest was, here. That was my bragging, which is like eight. Yeah, not to brag, but 8.6, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Those were, 
And I, two of them. And kind of tastes, well, it effervesces like champagne. It definitely it tastes it definitely, like, a, like it's got some tropical fruit notes, but it's it's very much of a bubbly wine type of flavor. Yeah, it was definitely a bright body. I'll give you that. I think if I do it again, I, I want to use um, a darker malt and more of it. What for? To give it to give it more tone? To give or? it more of a malty character because it really doesn't have much. It's um, it still to me tastes a lot like a champagne, which is very much a. It's just a sparkling wine, right? Right, right. I mean, in a sense, yeah. Well, I mean, true champagne only comes from the province of Champagne, France, but. Well, right, but I mean, to me, a a saison being more of that like farmhouse grain kind of a beer typically is much brighter and having that same kind of like champagne or effervescence or bubbliness to it. You know, I rather enjoy those. I mean, if they're done right, because typically they're they're almost like sour or overly they, bubbly. They tend to have a little bit of a sour note to them without being a sour, because I can't yeah. stand sours, but. Me neither, man. But dude, I can, seriously, I'm just I enough crush this, character. man. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is crushable. I, would, I mean, I've been, I've been drinking them because I'm trying to stay away from drinking the beer that my wife pays for and puts in the fridge. <laughs> and, and honestly, it, it is good because it, it, it seems like every time I try it, it, it gains a little bit more character. It, it, it uh, as they say, mellows out like a lot of the, um, over time after chilling, a lot of the, the sediment will drop out which is what you saw me drinking earlier. It's kind of a combination of, of yeast and just particulate matter from the mash. Yeah, because it happens. Un, it's unfiltered. I mean, and, and, and a lot of beers, if it's, if it's properly done, um, well, and it's, it's much different when you're doing it on a larger scale too. It tends to be a lot neater. Right, but the grain, typically. Because the, um, what's called the trobe, is isn't as close to most of the beer because it's just you're working with a much larger quantity. So, not that it's filtered, but there's the loudering is done properly and it's whatever. But anyway, the uh, even um, like a hazy, like when you drink a hazy, like having having a cloudy um, complexion, you know, whether it's a light or a medium bodied um, and colored beer. Um, generally has a, a cloudy consistency to it, which is usually due to putting wheat into the mash as well as barley. Mm -hmm. So it's like little things like that, that that you do intentionally to add character. Yeah, and I think some add lactose instead to try to give it that like milky or hazy body as well. Like there's way there's more than. You should more than a few. Yeah, you. Sh I mean, you shouldn't it, have to. I mean, correct. In like, some the, people's the proper opinion, hops and everything picked, you should be able to yeah, orchestrate. In some people's what opinion, that's for. kind of cheating. I mean, I agree with this. Um, I mean, there, there's there's ways to there's ways to get that body. There's ways to get those. Well, there's notes. ways to, there's there's ways to vary the end result, and a lot of it. Believe it or not, most of it, I would say, comes from what, they, what you would call the cold side of brewing beer. So, which comes during the, the time when you're fermenting. If you, if you control right in the mid-range of your, um, your yeast's favorite temperature, basically, if you're right in the mid-range, then you're not going to get a whole lot of what's called um, like esters coming off from the yeast. Esters 
can create kind of a, a f- certain fruity notes um, in some kind of a beer. In some types of beer, it's actually desired, like the um, kind of, uh, is it like banana and kind of a nutmeg flavor that you get from certain German beers? Like, right. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know if it's a he- Hefeweizen or. Oh, uh, yeah. I think, like I think the Hefe is, is the typical because the, the Berliner is more like real sour. But those are, those are notes that are specific to that type of yeast because that's that type of beer. So it actually accentuates that. But like, you can actually do that accidentally with a whole different type of yeast that's not trained for that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not, it's basically, you know, genetically designed. I mean, they've, they've gotten so far with yeast. I mean, originally these guys were doing it with whatever yeast was on the fruit or adding bread yeast or whatever it was, was that was around. Yeah. Right. And all these things, just get it going. All these things over time. I mean, like the, the kind of yeast they're coming out with now, they're so specific which is funny because some brewers will actually use, like I think I was telling you before, not that it would mean anything, but just like a standard USO5, which really, it's very balanced. It doesn't give off any, you can use it for any type of beer, basically. Yeah, it just eats the stuff and then makes alcohol. Like it's it like, doesn't, here's your juice. Yeah, because a lot of the, a lot of the um, yeasts will give off certain flavors when they, when they eat certain type of sugars or when they're in a certain type of atmosphere. Like if it's too hot, so that's the other thing I was getting to. Like you, you could intentionally, by creating a very high temp um, fermentation condition, right? You could intentionally create esters from the fermentation of your beer from it fermenting too fast, basically, and stressing the yeast a little bit. And that's what what'll happen. And hopefully, it it doesn't give off sour flavors, but sometimes it does. I mean, sometimes that's the that's the way that these guys used to do these different types of beers, that they would just, they would stress the yeast in one way or another to create a different outcome. So it's, it's right, fascinating. Right. Like there's all kinds of different, there's all kinds of different avenues that you could look into when it comes to brewing beers and just kind of get lost down a rabbit hole. I mean, you can get lost down a rabbit hole of just how you precondition your water before you start your brew. You can get lost down the rabbit hole of like just the different strains of yeast that are out there. There's like thousands of different, you know, different types to choose from really when you look all over the place. I mean, there's, I mean, there's standard yeasts that are used and some people will actually still, um, I'm curious to try that one time too, is to, to make my own, um, like wild yeast strain. So you just collect yeast. Well, no, you just, you collect yeast. No, no, I just, I just saw like this little party of yeast just like, woo, y'all want to go down to the river and just like tearing it up and like something simple as as making a, um, (laughs) yeast gone wild. You're basically making a fruit salad (laughs) in a suspension and adding adding sugar Yeah, and just letting it sit. See what happens. Um, what is it out of the sun and I mean, I think all you need is like a cheesecloth or something over just to keep like stuff from falling into it, but- Oh no, it has to be a one-way barrier. That's right. Because I saw, yeah, it has to be a one-way. You have to have an airlock on there of some sort. A lot of people will actually just um, poke a hole in a balloon, put a balloon on the top of a, like it could be like a soda bottle. It really doesn't matter. Like any bottle, whatever container you're using. If you're using something with a neck like that, you can use a a balloon. I thought that was pretty cool. We give it some breathing room basically. But yeah, you can basically make your own wild yeast strain just by like, say if, you know, if next time I make a mead, traditionally meads were made by um, 
you would take you would take water, you mix it with honey, um, and your yeast would come in the form of basically you'd take I don't I don't know to what extent like what you know percentages or whatever, but you might take um, you know a pound or two of grapes and just smash them up and just pour that whole mess right into the, um, the fermentation chamber that you're using and mix that with the honey water. And you would actually, your fermentation would begin with the yeast that was naturally occurring on the peel of the grapes. So it would basically be like a wine-honey hybrid. Okay. And those yeast are going to feed off all those sugars. It's going to feed off the sugars from the grapes, which is well, going right, to give right. off certain flavors. It's going to give off. It's going to eat the sugar from the honey, which is going to give off certain flavors. You know. Yeah. So it's. Uh, yeah, I get all that. I mean, that's. Um, yeah, like you said, you, you, they're starting to genetically. And it's yeah, it's all genetically. To, like you could just buy a packet. Uh, this is what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Any anywhere from. I don't know. Some of the cheaper ones, the basic ones, are around five, six bucks, and you can go all the way up to. I think imperial strains are like close to twelve bucks a pop for enough enough to do a five gallon batch, which yields two cases, roughly. Of twelve ounce bottles. Correct. Correct. Well, I mean, if the cases would just be smaller if they were bigger bottles, but yeah. <laughs> Of 12-ounce bottles, you would get two cases of 24. Yeah, Correct. yeah. That I mean, it's still a good party. Yeah, that's not bad. That's pretty good. That's oh, not I bad. And, and, and in some instances, you only have to pay as... I mean, if, if, if you're able to brew beer in the all-grain style, it's actually cheaper by using the grains themselves as opposed to doing something like, um, like an extract batch. Because extract, I, I tell people when I'm working at the store, I say an extract bat, the extract that you buy, whether it's a liquid or a powder, right. is basically somebody who's gone through the trouble already of mashing something. They've created a, a sugar-rich environment. So the, the, the liquid stuff, if you've ever used it, the liquid stuff is like molasses. It's super thick, it's colorful, it's, it's fragrant. Um, sometimes it'll actually add hop into it, so you, it'll be pre-hopped, so you don't have to bitter it. Okay. They make it so simple for beginners because they're trying to get people into the game, you know. Yeah. Right. But um, yeah, it's um, it's basically it's you've skipped that step of having to mash, and mashing is just where you sit the grains in a bath, basically at a certain temperature, and you try to draw out all the starches. And at a certain temperature, those starches start to convert. That's why eventually after you pull all that off, you pull the water off of all those grains, eventually you mash out. Usually while you're raising the temperature. And what you're doing is you're just, you're trying to create um, a situation where, where chemically those, those starches are going to start converting into sugars. You're basically almost like starting to cook it. Oh, you're definitely, you're bringing it up to... Well, that's what I'm saying. It's you're, you're, after you mash out, you're bringing it straight up to a boil. After that, yeah, it's the start of the cook where you're yeah. you're starting to get it to open up. Because I mean, a true cook takes time. You know, what I mean, like when and you're that's, barbecuing, that's what you're doing. You're making a stew. Is really what you're doing. You're you're making a stew for the yeast to eat. Yeah, so you're making something really yummy for them 
and you want to create all the proper conditions, you got to think of it really like another organism. That's what it is. I mean, I'm always telling you this. Like yeast yeah, you're are making actually, like an ant form almost. Yeast are actually a form of uh, mushrooms, which some people would probably argue that are actually more intelligent than we are. It's a fungi, but just not conscious on the same level. But um, they're like fourth dimension or some shit, or fifth dimension. No, we're fourth dimension. No, we're third dimension. Are you sure? Yeah. So if you think about it, we uh, we're technically third dimensional beings. Fourth dimension. I mean, well, you can still say we're. Well, I thought the world we live in is fourth dimensional. Well, so that's the idea of time, but I'm speaking it's the more three dimensions plus. I'm time speaking and space. more on the level of frequency, not on. So when we talk like the the eleven dimensions that we supposedly have for a minimum at this point, it's at least twelve as far as um, Stephen Hawking, I believe. I don't know. The last I heard was eleven. So I don't twelve know I mean. outside of this. I mean, I yeah, I, have, I don't know. I'm just telling you what I heard. I mean, I haven't been there. I'm just saying. Well, that's why, well, you, know? well, you know, you asked. I'm I hope to retire there one day. Just, you know, maybe before I die, it would be kind of cool just to kind of check it out. But Yeah, so like four- I haven't been there myself, yeah. Fourth dimensional would be able to see us in like past, present, future, so they would truly be able to step out of side, like outside no, see, of time. See, I would think that is like- I'm pretty sure that's- fourth dimensional. No, well, that's fifth and sixth and everybody else. Because we live within a four-dimensional- Reality. Yeah, but we're in the fourth dimension. We have three, of that. three axes of space, and then time is the fourth dimension. Yeah, but we can't perceive, like, we are a part of time, not like, so we're perceiving it, not actually witnessing what it can be for well, past, our perception present, of future. it makes it linear. Correct. So it only yeah. goes one direction for us. So it's, you know, it's basically, it's like we don't know anything different in a sense. What if you did? That'd be weird. Well, that's what DOG and CAT stuff, you know what I mean? That'd be really weird. Well, but isn't that what Einstein did for the most part, where he talked about the the light train, and it's like, well, if there's you know a light in front of it, and it's going at the speed of light, and the train's going at the speed of light, it's like, would you see it? Right? No, it had something to do with when you see it versus when you hear it. Hearing light? Would it? No, the the crash itself. What crash? No, no, no crash. I'm just talking about the straight like just the light. Yeah, the train with the light projecting in front of it. You would, you on the train going at the speed of light would never see the light in front of you. It would only be right there where it's being emitted, and that's the only place it goes because it's always traveling at the same speed. I have to look that one up again because I can't remember that one. Yeah, there's a few train versions because there was a couple. So there was others. something where lightning strikes the front of the train and the back of the train at the same time, and blah blah blah. Was like, that an Einstein? You, I think that was an Einstein. I, I, I don't recall that one from him. Be honest, I don't. I don't remember a lightning with Einstein. How did we get here? Same way as always. Beers in the green room, and your beers, well, by the way. And continuing to drink my beer. This is really a for something so simple. It's it's got a strange complexity to it, doesn't it? Bro, I told you this is crushable. This is why I'm like this is a session. Hella flavorful, but at the same time, like super chill. Just a little citrus on it. I mean, it. I could still, I, I could do do that again and just toy with the, um, with the hop additions and try to raise the. I mean, me the IBU. No, me, me personally, I, I'm just the way it is. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything. I would, uh, I would drink this. Cool. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's saying a lot. You know what I mean? For like beer and stuff, that just that's not my. Yeah, I really think after it cleared out a bit, like after it settled down and it cleared out a bit. I mean, it actually. The last one I had was even clearer than this, so I think it's just how long it spends in the fridge. I'm impressed with it. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm impressed. I'm, I'm telling you how much work I put into my ESB and it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. It's not bad, but it did turn out the way I wanted it to. What the, what, the last one you were talking about? The second time I did the ESB, the one I did yeah, with yeah. this batch, because I was oh, I right, did three right. and then three again, like consecutive three three consecutive weeks. Um, I did the ESB, I did this one, and then I did the Braggot. Was the last one that I did. Okay. Right, so right. We were drinking the Braggot earlier, but this is the second one I did in that batch of three. Um, and the ESB was the first, and it, it, it I would say, um. It got stuck. It didn't. It didn't. Um, it didn't attenuate as well as I wanted stalled it to. Stalled out. It stalled out. So it. 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 Um. I can't remember what it landed on, and it wouldn't mean much to you anyway. But, I mean, generally speaking, I would. I would have preferred that beer finish out at like ten twelve, so one point oh one two, wouldn't mean much to you, but. It finished out much higher than that, which just means there's a lot of there's a lot of suspended sugar still in the solution. So it's, I wanted an ESB, and it reminds me more of like um like an English brown ale. So it's it's got a sweet and like a tiny tiny bit of tart to it. So it's interesting. Okay. Interesting combination, but it's almost not like a, a biscuity malt. Yeah, definitely. Okay, but it's, but it's not a. It was supposed to be a special bitter. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. And it just didn't, it wasn't dry enough for that. So I was disappointed with it, but it's not a bad beer. Yeah, I heard you like it dry. Ooh, baby, I like it raw. So no. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like overly sweet beers. I don't, you know, I, so I don't mind. I like crisp. Uh, I don't mind. Slightly the, sweet, maybe? The but. tone or the, the hint of sweetness, but when it is actually like sugary, so when there is a true sweetness to it, as opposed to just the tone kind of flowing there. And yeah, if you I'm started not, doing this, you would know exactly what I'm talking about, that when you see a certain number as your final result. You're talking specific gravity. Specific gravity. Yes, you can find out how many dissolved sugars. And so when you look at your- Comparison your, of when you started to, yeah, we've had, dude, bro. Your final size gravity. Size I listen. So for, I mean, I know speaking, stuff now. Like for a stout to finish at, at 1.018 or point. O two O isn't too bad because it's a stout. Like you, it's more like a meal than it is. You know what I mean? It's a very low ABV. It's meant to fill you up. It's full of vitamins, which we've discussed before. The B vitamins. The B vitamins. <laughs> yep. Um, right. Right. Versus like, um, like an English bitter should finish out. I would think under fifteen. I would say 1.015, but definitely under that, preferably. And I think I came in slightly over that. So would have preferred 12, <laughs> maybe next time. But that's how you learn. I mean, because basically, and it's, all, it's only my fault because like I had completely prepped based on time when I wanted to bottle and if I had checked a day or two prior, I would have known that I probably should repitch some yeast and let it sit longer. Because it just, it would just, obviously it had stalled out. Right, right. But I was, I was impatient and I was prepped to bottle, so I just bottled. So, food for thought for the next time, I guess, you know. Okay. 
Well, I mean, regardless, I still like this one. So you know, this and I did. One, yeah. I did. I did. I really enjoyed the first one. Where, but this one, that's whenever you hear the word smash, and I think there. I'd have to look this up myself. Maybe our fact checker can check into it. But there are some. Um, yeah, there are some some pretty. Uh, I think there are some f- famous beers that are actually designed as smash beers. That. What do you mean by famous? Well, like common. I'm gonna say common beers that are smash mainstream. Beers. Mainstream, yeah. But I, I, don't, I didn't I don't actually know. look that up before. You didn't come prepared. What kind of crap is this? I didn't come prepared. No, I don't do that. Like we when don't I went do to that. that. It's like when I went for the SATs. I didn't have a pencil or like. I brought like a 32 ounce coffee with me and a granola bar. <laughs> I mean, but that's uh, you. I mean, that's kind of prepared. Yeah, I was prepared to snack and wake up from a hangover. That's what it was. It worked. I didn't. I mean, man, I can't. I can't borrow a pencil. I mean, I didn't do. Oh, I mean, you know, can the, we, te- the teacher that? that was the uh, the proctor. 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 Yeah, the the one who was giving the test. Sounds like you're going to get a rectal exam. Whenever I hit that word proctor. I mean, if that's what you're into. I just, no, I'm not. That's I'm just over here. Just, that's a weird I word. Know. I don't proctor. That's a weird. It's so weird. Or like Procter and Gamble. Uh, dude, that was one of my questions for trivia this week, bro. Procter and Gamble. Yeah, you know who? You know what they started in 1962? What? Pringles. <gasps> what? And what is the story behind? Uh, that? I don't Did know. Get, I don't. Were they yeah. supposed to sell tennis balls and it just fell through? I couldn't. And I they got know. a big shipment of potatoes instead, and this is what they did. If I'm recalling correctly, it was something like, yeah, they. Uh, that's what I think I theorized. I was just like, dude, what, what if they were just like, well, what are we supposed to do? They're with clearly these? tennis ball containers. Yeah, let's, right? let's, uh, you know, let's make some hold. chips. Chips, we got, we got some chips we can put in that thing. Let's do that. And I think, no, I think it was something about let's put some was, chips in a tennis ball, too. There was an overlap of resources or something to that effect. I, I love those stories, though. Like, you know, like, I don't know if the fact checker wants to find out the Pringles can dilemma. Because it was a cool I mean, story about when it goes down a rabbit hole. But like, did you know it was a cool story about how Swanson got on the map? Which Swanson? The, like the TV dinners? Yeah, because that goes way back. Like you know, like you. I remember getting TV dinners from Swanson when I was a little kid. I get excited. That was like a special. And of course, back then it was like you actually put it in the oven, and it took like forty minutes to, oh <laughs> to heat up. And you had that to poke holes a... in the one section, right? Oh yeah. But um, apparently Swanson got their start because they, it was something, it was, a, it was a shipping faux pas or something like that. And they got a whole bunch of turkeys and they couldn't. Oh, I remember the story. They couldn't take them off the train because they'd spoil. So they actually had a bunch of people brought in and made dinners on the train and packaged them and went straight from that to shipping. And it was like, it was like an overnight success. Yeah, because people they basically made you a turkey dinner that you could put in your oven, and you know, well, yeah, but it was convenient back then if you thought about it that if you could put something in your oven and forty minutes later have a perfectly nice steaming hot meal, forty minutes wasn't a long time to wait. You can think it took at least a half an hour for your wife to make dinner, so it was well, actually quite. Why's it got to be the wife? Well, <laughs> it pretty much was back then. <laughs> I am. What happened? But so yeah, no. I mean, well, I mean, I mean, if we're talking about like, well, cause I, that was 
we're talking about, I'd have to look up the date. I don't know what date that was, but is our fact checker with us? Was she taking a nap? What's going on? <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, who knows? But um, Maybe she's I don't just remember, frozen and we don't know. I don't remember what year that was, but I always thought that was a really cool story. That I want to see someone like in the 40s or 50s. Kind of like that whole thing about making uh, lemonade. Yeah, lemons from lemonade. Or lemonade from lemons. <laughs> yeah, make it, I'm going to take lemonades and I'm going to compress these. Make me some lemons. <laughs> yeah, I'm make me an egger suit and give me some sugar water. Beer. Oh. Beer. Right. Show. Yeah, I mean, that's... um. This, this is why when I do get into any kind of an alcohol, I really do prefer something that's been appropriately designed as well as cared for most likely aged somehow you know there there's there's a little extra behind it as opposed to just like here let's slap some shit together and here you go you got booze which is it's I, I know exactly what you're talking about and i was about to just keep making noises there for a minute i'm sorry <laughs> you make a lot of sounds but you ain't saying nothing but it's it's funny because the the more I learn, the more I I realize that. So, generally speaking, when you're talking about like your your, your basic run of the mill beer, you think of like a pilsner. And when I started learning about this stuff, I thought a pilsner would be easy peasy. Which, in a way, the recipe itself isn't complicated, but it's a much more complicated process to make a proper pilsner. Well, there's cooling involved, I think, right? There's, um, there's what's called like a step mash that you're supposed to do, which requires you to, to get to a certain temperature and then basically let it plateau for 10 to 15 minutes before you spike again. And there's certain ways that you add in and remove. Um, I think in the old-fashioned way, you would actually do a, I forget what it's called, um, where you'd actually t- you actually take a portion of of the mash out of the main pot, put it into a separate pot, and heat it up to a higher temperature. And then once it reaches that temperature for so many minutes, then you take that and you reintroduce it into the into the main pot. But the idea being that you're basically trying to maximize the attenuation of that um, that beer. You're trying to get as much sugar out of that grain as you possibly can. And also through that through that process of mashing in such a way, and then, and I would assume to some extent, a result of properly lottering, which is when you take the water from the grain and and filter it off into another chamber so that you can begin to to boil. Or I think I got that right, but um, I mean, I I, I all, can all of that lends clarity to the beer. It sounds good. And then also because it's uh, a pilsner is actually a lager. By nature, right. So lagers tend to lager yeast tends to work a little bit. It works a little bit slower, sort of, in the way it's it. It tends to offer well, not in a way. It takes much longer. It takes much longer at a lower temperature to lager something. Right. Like usually an ale, you can. Um, I mean, you can technically you can make an ale and up to 80 degrees. You really can't go over that, but most of them are around 68 degrees. Um, most loggers, the upper, I think the upper temp, temp level is about 58 degrees. 
So it's, it's about 10 degrees cooler and it works a lot, um, a lot slower, but it offers, it offers a lot more clarity and a, a much smoother, um, drier finish. Is that what you were talking about with like lagering your beer by putting it in the fridge or something? Well, uh, yeah, I think lagering is a technique you can do with a, a lager or an ale where it's, it actually continues to improve while it's in cold storage. Because all the, all the sediment, obviously, is going to drop out. It's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, create a much clearer... Right. Um, some of the more harsh notes and flavors will get mellowed out over time if you keep them in cold storage and some yeast will actually continue to to work to some extent even in that colder environment but very slowly yeah slowly but so that's where you're talking about there are certain beers that are so complex that it's actually better to let them sit for up to a year not many but there are some like uh, I know I've heard um I think it's dogfish head what is it the um because I like the 60-minute, but I've heard the 90-minute or the 120-minute are not beers that, first of all, they're not beers you buy by the case. Not anymore, apparently. They're extremely expensive. Yeah, they are nowadays. Back in the day, they were not. Well, especially when you think about the process they're going through, that means they're continuously adding hops for 120 minutes. Yeah, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, 120 minutes, yeah. Right. So, um, and I would assume that it's at the same rate that you would be adding them during the 60 and the 90. So when you, when you talk about 120 minute hop addition and it's, it's, it's constant that they're adding these hops. It's like literally like you're adding a small addition every five minutes because they're trying to get, I'm guessing they're trying to get the full flavor profile of that hop because the longer you boil a hop, the more alpha acid you get, which is just straight bittering. It doesn't offer a whole lot of flavor. Right, right. The less time it's in, you know, when you get down to like 30 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes, the less time it's actually under boil, but it's still in suspension, um, you start getting different, you start getting more flavor notes off of it. So when you, when you read, you know, a package of hops and it says all the different flavor characteristics, whether it's citrus or piney or... Um, dank would be another descriptor that they mm-hmm. use. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, note, notes of grapefruit, stuff like that. All of those flavors are going to come through the, the less that you boil it. Right, right. Which is why dry hopping is a, is a big favorite when it comes to, um, to IPAs because it, it gives you, actually mostly what dry hopping gives you is nothing more than, than floral, like a fragrant, like it's it's giving you the nose, but it's not really giving you anything else. But yeah. any anybody who knows anything about the human body, you know, if you smelling is is like half of the whole process of of tasting something, right? You know, it's a, the the it creates a whole another level. I mean, but it's not bitterness; it's hoppiness, which some people confuse. Well, could, it doesn't. A, typic, a good IPA doesn't actually have to be bitter. Oh, I agree it, to but that. But it can sometimes come off as bitter because the flavor that you're getting is hoppiness, but not bitterness. Typically, they do kind of coincide. So, with one almost comes the other in a sense. And yeah, I want to say a lot of that's probably 
almost like preconditioning the palate for people receiving it because they just, yeah, they're assuming. And your palate's changed too. I mean, yeah, they do. Dude, it took me six years to appreciate scotch, man. Really did. Good scotch. It takes a long time to appreciate. Would you scotch, period? I took a while to come around to Islay. But do one. Did so I tell you about that? Once. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that was like my thing was like once I hit that six year mark, then it was just like scotch, scotch, scotch. Mm-hmm. You know, down, down it goes. Into I, my say, I, was, I was probably in my group of friends, I was probably one of the earliest to become like what was, you know, like a beer snob. Air quotes, I'm doing. Um, you half-assed those quotes. You only hand. You I'm only sorry. one-handed those quotes. You're not there. There they go. All right. Double air quotes. There we go. Um, <laughs> you know, because I was always seeking out something, some new and different flavor. You know what I mean? Especially like, <laughs> I always joke. After I turned 21, it was like, <laughs> never again, Mad Dog. Never again, Jack Daniels. Never again, you know, cheap natty ice or cheap light beer. You know, and I started, I started really getting into a lot of the microbrews or even just drinking Guinness, you know, that um, I got spoiled to it. But I, was, I would only drink, I didn't, I, I refused to drink IPAs for the longest time. When I first, first oh, couple of years when I got in, I only liked dark beers. I liked porters, stouts, um, brown ales, you know, I don't know what else, what other category, like I guess certain types of lager. Darker ales. I mean, I was never really a beer drinker. Red so ale, maybe, but never. Yeah, I mean, I would. And then I got hooked on IPAs and I haven't stopped. I've drank, like, I, I, up until the point when I really started to actually go out, I guess, bar scene wise, when I was. Oh, geez. I mean, I started going to the bar. I started going to the bars when I was sixteen. I'll be honest. <laughs> We're also talking about like twenty plus years ago. So you know what I mean. Uh-oh. So it was kind of allowed at that point. You got some phone plus, calls. Well, plus it was a very well, it was a very small community that we lived in back then, right? I mean, the freaking the, the the one town I was still in had population of like less than two thousand, right? Or it was just cresting the two thousand mark or something. So I mean, it was very minuscule. But yeah, dude, we we did live in like a very opie and you know, ma kettle, freaking Mrs. Cleaver. It was just like good, good old fashioned picket fence neighborhood. What, oh, childhood around here. Well, I mean, this yeah. area was just that. It was almost dude. There was there was nothing going on. I mean. The fact that I got harassed for skateboarding was kind of sad. Let's be, you know what I mean? Like, think everyone got harassed for skateboarding back then. Well, but that's what, but that's the thing is if you were playing street hockey, taking up the road, chucking freaking pucks at people's houses, the cops would like wave, oh, hey, oh, hey, that's awesome. But yeah, you're out skateboarding and all of a sudden, they're you like, know, I'm going to take that for you. You don't have the right, going to be honest. And I, I, I mean, I, I'm going off on a tangent here a little bit, but go figure. Um, <laughs> do it anyways. But I mean, I, I've always said, like, especially when it comes to this area, like I remember growing up and not, not to say that it was a great thing, you know, that I'm sure you wouldn't as a parent want your kid hanging out at a billiard hall all their free time. But that's what I did as a kid. That's how I grew up. I grew up hanging out at a billiard hall. Well, you, when you and I got to like all the that 16, got, 17, 18, all yeah, that got taken away. But like, it seems like after we finished high school, all this stuff started getting taken away, like the bowling alleys locally and, and the billiard hall locally from us. Oh, for us specifically, yeah. For us did. specifically got taken away. 
And it's like, you wonder why there's an increase in like street fights or like stupid violence or kids shoplifting. There's nothing to do in town. Yeah, kids want to get their bowl on. Not everybody wants to go to the um, Christian youth group, you know? Or the freaking like that's and that's friendlies for ice cream or whatever. Yeah, I mean that's or had the money to do it. Like they had to find something that didn't cost them on a daily basis. So like, you know, like a for instance, I've you know spent the money on my skateboard. I can go skateboard. I can spend time. That doesn't cost me anything, and I can spend time with my friends. I'm getting exercise. I'm having fun. I'm being creative. Yeah, but you were hanging out gets, with the wrong kids. At I'm that not point. saying I'm not saying me, me specifically because I never even learned how to ollie. But I'm just saying I'm just saying that's not really important. Moment of honesty brought to you by Mister. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying that that this was a creative outlet for kids. Um, you know, during the time of of us, I guess coming into adulthood. You know, between the age of of 15 and 18, and you know, and beyond that. <laughs> Um, as we started getting, I think, cause we, we went to a whole different, um, billiard hall by the time we were 17, 18, because that one was, it was gone. And I just remember commenting on that though, that, that this, the town, you know, D town, um, changed after that, that. The bowling alley. There was a bowling alley and there was a billiard hall. And they, within a couple years, they were both taken out. Oh, yeah. And I think think that town just, like, especially the kids in that town just suffered greatly from that. Like, I'm not even going to say, I'm, I'm, this is, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, no, no, (laughs) can't say something nice. Don't see, I have my opinions and feelings about that town and, and I'm oh, I'm, just I'm okay to, I'm okay to have those feelings, and I don't I don't like I'm, you didn't really care much that those things got taken away or oh it's be, no this is I don't even want to like I'm good with this, so I'm just gonna yeah see that's that's if a, you want to spit go ahead no tell, that's tell a, us that's more. a funny thing and I'll be completely honest that's a funny thing though that I thought about because we grew up like pretty much right next door to to. Just say it, Doylestown. We grew up right next door to Doylestown, but we never really, hung, I mean, girl that I was dating, but we never really hung out in Doylestown. You know what I mean? Like we we would drive a half an hour away to go hang out in Lambertville or- Oh yeah, New Hope. We were, yeah, New Hope, Lambertville, all that. Like that was my second home. Like that was more my home than my home was. Well, see, but back in the day when there was way less traffic and the way we drove, it was only like a 15, 20 minute drive. I now mean, it's like I a half made an it, hour. I made it take a half hour. There was a Frisbee involved. and Yeah, I mean, you did. Freaking hippie. Cheeseburger. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I don't remember after a certain time, like the, it was just that town got, like you said, it just. It changed, man. I used to Change. really, I used to really like hanging out in town there. And when when the billiard hall was there, I mean, I remember from the age of thirteen, like I would get dropped off there in the afternoon, and I'd stay there until like I don't know, nine, ten o'clock at night. Right. And that was the same thing. It was like that was my second home. Like, like my friends were my family. My, you know, if if I needed something or if somebody else, like we we looked out for each other. Like there was a. See, I was still skateboarding, so we were we were staying close to home because we had to, you know, freaking board our way over there. We didn't have cars yet. 
So here we are. Yeah, we were just I'd actually skateboarding and drop me off. And still, he probably thought that was better than drop me off at the mall. So, because I mean, let's and that's, go to the mall. Because I remember that too, and I like I, it. You laugh at it now, like mall walker, like you know mall walker. But I mean, there was nothing. There was so little to do in t- in town because we didn't we didn't grow up in the city. You know what I mean? There's not there's not something different in hey, every corner. Mall walker. What do you do? But Walk no, I mean, in the mall. But before that, like I remember as a kid, it's like there was nothing uh, to do in town. Like the best thing to do was to get dropped off at the mall because you had all those stores you had access to. You know, like mom and pop give you like a little spending cash or whatever, or you're for doing your chores around the house, whatnot. You know, it's something to do. You know, whether you like go to the toy store and buy a toy and just start shooting darts with your friend across the mall or like have fun doing whatever. No, I was skateboarding and I was buying skateboards because I'd break a lot of boards. <laughs> Dude, I was not old. I was, I was, well, I was, hang out I was kind arcade? of heavy a kid. You know what I mean? Like I was, arcade? No, not really. I, I had gone there the like. Arcade. And back then you could, you could smoke cigarettes at the uh, McDonald's. You see, and that's, I don't, you know. Yeah. I was never really a corporate America shopping kind of a guy. Like I just, I, I wasn't don't, shopping. Yeah, but I don't. <laughs> but I've, I've never wanted to be around. It was that. just somewhere other than home. Do you skateboard? I would just skateboard. We would go all over, like our towns and stuff, and just like find little spots and. Yeah, my thing was just bicycle. try to hide so that when the cops showed up, they couldn't see when us. I discovered and, a bicycle. It was like. It was like this whole untapped region of freedom. Bicycle, bicycle. No, I, I joked, though. I want though. to I, ride my bicycle. I joked that there's, there's certain times, like, uh, the first time you, you learn how to ride your bicycle and you get a certain amount of freedom and, and, and comfort with your sense of navigation. Right. That it, it opened up a whole new avenue of awesomeness for your life. That's when I started then, hustling Jolly Ranchers. And then that gets... That gets multiplied when you learn how and you legally do all the go through all the steps to learn how to drive a car. Like it's right. a, it's the next echelon. And I joked when I got my motorcycle that it was like both of those rolled into one. That that's mm. how awesome it is. Sugar coated ball of goodness. It's like this whole new sense of freedom that you never had at a speed you've never experienced. <gasps> you know, so it was, uh, it was like both. It was like the best of both worlds. But right, right. Um, yeah, all that, all, all that. Um, for me, it was it was a bike. It was I, I would never got very good at um, roller skating. I mean, not roller skating, at skateboarding. Because actually, somebody um, somebody broke my board. I didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't replace it. You'll see. That was my like. I broke a lot of boards. That's why like I hustled to you know because I spent my money to buy new boards. I was always buying that a new was board. Your, that was your thing. Oh, uh, dude, I w- I, w- I want to say within. I mean, there was literally times where I had just gotten back from getting the new board all put together, first trick and snap, like, well, back to the store. And now I know I just Freudian slipped on roller skates, but I remember you used to do a, quite a bit of rollerblading. So that was more for hockey because we started, like, the kids in the neighborhood were really big into the hockey thing. And I, I'm just, I've always been very athletic. I enjoy pretty much any kind of hand-eye coordination, physical activity. So as more and more of the neighborhood and friends of mine were were into doing hockey, let alone trying to do 
I guess the more appropriate you know roller to to imitate correctly for for dry land instead of ice. <laughs> but you know, so so yeah, when I, I I got into that, that was more of yeah, it was for playing hockey and stuff. Okay, which we used to. I mean, that was a that was a common thing for us was go to the park for most Saturday or Sunday. Oh, what was the freaking movie? And just play for you know three, four, five hours. The just, one that every time I see that movie, I think of, I think about you because. It was like I think when I first saw it. Airborne. Was it Airborne? Yeah, like you was called you a that, woman's piece of underwear. Yeah, the, the kid that the kid that moved from the West Coast, right? Yeah, from Cali to moved from Cali to like some cold state like Montana or some Oh Minnesota. Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. So he had to somewhere like that. He had to pick up rollerblading he had to switch to rollerblading instead of well, like i don't his, think he had to switch i think he, that was one he of was his, already yeah doing, yeah okay, he was a surfer was. rollerblader and he couldn't surf and then all of his and his his uh rollerblades were and that was jack black was in right that yeah i think that was like his one of his first if not his first mainstream movie like big screen that may have been his debut yeah, and I don't know if it's just because I think we watched that together as as kids, but I that, that movie just always reminded me of you. Honestly, <laughs> there was a lot of really young because you were that kid that moved from. But that's probably what it was. It was the parallels there. It was like you were that kid that moved from Cali to an uncomfortable like what the hell is PA, and like everybody here is weird. And I remember showing up. Like I remember, there was a lot of things when I first met you that like, like you were like, dude, this doesn't make any sense. He's like, and what you guys got to worry about? Nothing. Like you, you know where I came from. I had to, like you know what I mean. <laughs> I had to hustle. I had to run. I had to. I think. I think. I very much as as I recall, because I mean I've looked back on it a few times. Yeah, I very hair. much. <laughs> well, because I mean I was a California like dude. That was just you know you grew you grew your hair out, and I didn't I didn't get like long long hair until I was thirteen fourteen. So I, I didn't really start to grow my hair out more until I moved here. Because okay. in Cali, for the most part, I always had a shaved head. It was either like flat top or just all gone. We had it shaved underneath and like the... Oh, I had like the styles and designs. I had like Jordan 23 that's, written That's what I used to rock with like the shaved underneath and then you'd have like all that hair. No, no, The top dude, of your head would just get longer and longer. I, I was like the, <clears throat> the pretty much the only the white kid cut. that was going to the, the barber shops so that they could actually like trim and fade and do the, the the designs with the razor. Like, dude, I was a little Chicano kid. You know, I mean, I'm white, but that's how I was raised. And that's like, so, I mean, I had, yeah, when I got my hair cut, when I, you know, when I can actually get one, which was every so often, I think it was like once every three or four months or something. It's like, that's how often we would pay did you, to get. Did you go to Doug's? Oh, well, growing up out here? Yeah. See, at that point... You weren't um, doing that? Oh, no, no, you started I was, cutting your own hair at that point, didn't you? Well, I just, I wasn't doing anything. I was just letting it grow. Dude, right. I just I just let it all out. I I almost never didn't got it shave, cut. Didn't you shave something underneath? Yeah, but that was when I was like 16 or something. I don't know. Yeah. I was much older. Yeah, I did that for a while. I remember you were doing it for a while, too. Well, you know, I think... I cut my hair for me because I didn't feel like spending the money on it. Uh, you'd be like, yo, give me, give me, give me a hookup, bro. I need a fade. <laughs> I was like, yeah, come on over. <laughs> but, because that was the thing, though, was, I mean, I grew up with that kind of style. So for, for you to have clippers and just be like, yo, go to your boy's house and, you know, get a trim and a fade. It's just like, yeah, come on over, man. I got you. And you just, you were good at it because you practiced because you did it for your dude. And it Trimmers, was just... 60 bucks, last for years. 
Yeah, man. A Hair, good set, yeah. Haircut, well, even at the time, 12 bucks plus tip. Dude, even back when I was like eight, <laughs> man, it was still like six and change because you want a tip. So it was still like $8. So, I mean, yeah. If you think about that. Haircut prices really haven't, like, you go Dude, to the spa. I, I got to tell you, nothing is, nothing is quite like going, and I only did this once for real, like in New York City. <laughs> Like going to a for real, for real barber. Oh, dude, I know. And getting your shit all like just trimmed up. Like, man, that is. Whew. I used to go to a that's cat. Like, that's like the guy's version of the spa. Yeah, dude. I used to go to your this face. This old dude. He was straight retired. I mean, like literal old black guy, like in his 80s. And he was just, he was, it was his thing to, to cut hair. But all he ever did was use a straight razor. And this was for shaves, cuts. It doesn't, he used a comb. And a straight razor. Oh wow! Told the best stories. Wouldn't take a tip. Like oh, so dude, he, he just, was just, sh- 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 dude, he was the dopest. Okay. Yeah, I miss like, that use, guy. Use the comb, pull the hair up, and then oh, just yeah, cut dude, across just, it. Straight with, and he would. That's oh, old school, man. And the freshest of fresh. He was eight bucks, no tip, and he he wouldn't take it. He would like, dude, wouldn't. He was uh, he was the real deal. But as usual. Well, yeah, yeah, you know, we were kind of well, kind of kind of mellowing out. Well, I mean, we had a really nice session of drinking your beers and talking about them and learning quite a bit about Kept it. Kept it light then, tonight, though. We didn't we didn't go crazy. We didn't. Yeah. Not more about just enjoying life and you didn't know learning and or fall asleep. That was good. Yeah, you know, you didn't fall asleep. I didn't that's fall for asleep. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, yeah. uh, you know, hey, this is this is what we do here. This, you know, some of us are entertained, some of us not so much. Well, you know, uh, it was me last time, so I can't say nothing. Well, you did have a couple of nine percenters tonight. We only had a couple of eight percenters, so you know, we were and finished off. I finished off with a four, so yeah, we uh, were smart, four-ish. We were intelligent. But, um, yeah, this is um. As always, we, we want to ask your fam, uh, reach out to us, hit us up, ITY, directionsmusic.org, or individually, GEM, INI, Gemini, at directionsmusic.org. Or Philly D, P H I double L Y D, at directionsmusic.org. Yeah, this is, uh, this is I'm telling you, uh, Philly D, Mr. Gemini. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as always, fam, we, uh, we want you to be good to yourself, be good to everyone else. Much love. Peace. Peace. Peace.